60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert is the consumer empowering voice explaining all important facets of finance from savings to credit cards, credit scores, loans of all types, and building your financial wealth. On today's show, lots to talk about. Remember a few days ago when Robert was talking about the new major changes in the mortgage industry and how some companies are going to find it almost disabling to put up with the new changes. Robert, he's not so worried. We'll tell you why coming up. We'll also talk about interest rates, and we'll offer some great information for those who handle most of your credit card payments online. We'll talk about the need to bring finance into the classroom. We'll talk about home sales today, how's it going out there, and pre-approvals. We'll compare the RP Funding Home Value Hotline with the Big Z. And Robert's going to talk about his goal of bringing consumer education and financial education into the shows, even if he's got to pay for the curriculum to be written up. Robert feels it's so important that we get our kids, we get the younger generation all tied up early in life with the knowledge of knowing about money so they don't fall to the tricks and the trades of the financial industry. And we'll talk about how our bad money habits could be setting a bad example for our kids. So, Robert, what is on your mind as we set out to empower consumers today? And I got some got some exciting stuff to talk about today, Rob. You know, okay. uh, just kind of a quick rate update. Interest rates have been just kind of hanging out in this range, staying yeah. low, which is good news for everybody out there, mm-hmm. uh, either buying a home or refinancing their home. So that's good. Uh, I haven't seen anything that really ticked me off in the news recently as far as credit cards or anybody being taken advantage of. So that's always good. You know, usually there, there's that there's always an article that just seems to get me all fired up about once a week, <laughs> uh, you know, where some company tries some harebrained scheme to take advantage of consumers, and it just drives me crazy. Uh, we've talked a lot about FICO scores this week. You know, obviously a very fascinating topic, and, and that's one of those things that we don't teach in schools. We don't teach kids about. Most people don't really understand how credit scoring works, but it, that number follows you around your entire life oh, and, yeah. and is used in so many ways to, to judge us as credit worthy or not credit worthy. It's even being used for insurance now in mm-hmm. addition to loans and debts and uh, just, uh, again, really important stuff and stuff that we're not really taught to understand. And, uh, you know, the impact that interest can have on you. You know, a lot of people don't even understand the basics of how interest works. You know, I mean, the, the basic concept is you, know, you borrow money and you pay interest back. And and so I think a lot of people say, well, okay, so I have a credit card at a, at a 10% APR. Well, what does that even mean? You know, so if, if you owe basically that, that APR, that interest rate is the amount of money you're going to pay back annually in interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Rob, so if I've got a $10,000 credit card and it's at a 20% interest rate, I'm going to pay $2,000 a year in interest. And that's a lot of money. If you think sure about it, I mean, is. if you really think about it, I mean, I've seen credit cards at 29% interest. Uh-huh. So if you, if you go out and put a thousand dollar item on that credit card, a year later, you will have paid $1,290 for that item. At one item. Right. At 29% interest. I mean, it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and then if you go into the second year, now you're paying even more, you know, and it, it just keeps going up and up and up. And, and I don't think a lot of people really, you know, they hear the number and it doesn't mean anything. It's, you know, it's like the whole in Las Vegas, the reason they want you to use chips, you know, they want you to use, uh, you know, the, the chips instead of real money because it's not money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they've, they figured out and they've studied and they've spent all this money on how to take advantage of people. And basically they've figured out that by giving you fake money, paper money, you know, the, the chip money, the fake money or, or points on a card or whatever they do these days, that you're more likely to spend it because it's not actual cash. It's not actual money. And, and I think that credit card interest kind of works in the same way. You hear this number, oh, 29%, oh, 18%, oh, 14%. Like, what, really, what does any of this mean? And when you sit down and really look at the numbers and say, wow, if I put $1,000 on that credit card and I don't pay it off and that card's at 29% interest, that's $290 a year, gone, gone. And you know what this reflects on? A few days ago, you did a show, and you were talking about why the credit card companies really wanted people to go online and look at their statement every day and not look at the paper statement because of several things. Well, I thought about that this morning when you started talking about interest rates. You know, when you look at that one front sheet on your home, whether it's a a First National, a, a Visa card, a MasterCard, doesn't matter what it is, all you see is balance, available credit, 
next payment due. It doesn't say on there how much interest you paid last month. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. does not tell you. So that. yeah. So the, the government the government decided that, that that people if people were informed that they would they would not fall into this interest trap. And so we're going to talk. We'll talk about that again in case we've got new listeners and the the dirty secret and the dirty trick <laughs> that the credit card companies are using to keep that from happening. And if you want to know more about getting a mortgage or how much your home is worth, hey, just call 855-773-8634. That's the office, 855-773-8634. And you can always call the Home Value Hotline and discern a very, very accurate, approximate number that goes with your home. Not something manufactured out of a computer out in Silicon Valley. No, something from a professional realtor who sells homes right in your neighborhood. It's 866-222-8231. The Home Value Hotline created by Robert Palmer. 866-222-8231. So you were explaining the other day how in the name of let's say paper, right, the right. credit card so here, companies so the government figured out that if you put the dollars and cents, you know, just like the casino figured out by giving you the clay chips, mm-hmm. you're going to spend more. The government figured out, well, by showing people the actual dollars and cents that they're wasting by making minimum credit card payments, by leaving balances on their credit cards, people are more likely to pay them off. And so they changed all these disclosure requirements. And now on your paper statement that you get in the mail, there's all these legal requirements to show you how much interest you paid last month. You know, it's got to be bolded and boxed in and it's got to really smack you in the face. Uh, and then it shows you, well, if you make the minimum payment, it's going to take you five, six, seven years to pay this thing off. And so think about our example, $1,000 at 29% interest, $290 a year. What is that times five years, Rob? Now oh. you've paid almost $2,500 for that $1,000 item, right? And so if you make the minimum payments, this thing just drags on for years and years and years. But then what they show people is just by paying a little bit more. So if that minimum payment is 30 or 40 bucks, well, if you pay 60 or $70, you pay the thing off in, in more than, than half of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like quicker than that. And so all of a sudden there was all this great disclosure. And guess what happened, Rob? People started paying their credit cards off faster because all of a sudden they were conscious of the true cost. The government disclosure requirements worked. Imagine that. So what happened next? The credit card companies, the big greedy banks, panicked. They panicked. We don't want people They're like, paying what these is off? happening? Why, why are all of these people paying their credit cards? Why are all these people making extra payments on their credit cards? And then some... You know, some bean counter in the corner is like, well, sir, we've analyzed in the new government disclosures. People seem to be making that exact payment that's recommended in box number two or box number three. Ouch. And now like, oh, my God, what do we do now? People are going to Where's pe- our interest? people are not going to pay us two thousand five hundred dollars for a thousand dollar item anymore. We're going to go broke. We're going to have to take the golden toilet seat out of the executive <laughs> washroom. I can't sit on porcelain. What am I, a peasant? Right. So th- this is the conversation going on at these very large credit card companies. So then, so then some kid in the, probably in the mailroom comes up with a brilliant idea. No, actually, in reality, they, they hire consulting firms mm-hmm. and pay them millions and millions of dollars to come up with these ideas. And they said, well, if we get people to go online, then the requirements by law for the, the statement do not apply. And we will still have a PDF of the statement, but we're going to bury that. That Boy, thing's going to be buried. Like, you got to go, like, uh, more information about my account, uh, previous statements, download PDF, and then it's like, please wait, preparing PDF, right? And it's like, well, we'll send you smoke signals in three days when the PDF is ready for your review. Because, trust me, they do not want you seeing these boxes that are encouraging you to pay more and pay mm-hmm. faster and pay sooner and not waste money on interest. And so they figured out, they said, okay, great, so if we can just get everybody to stop getting the paper statements, then we can trick them all by burying the disclaimers on the hidden PDFs, and all we're going to show on the home screen of the credit card login online is the balance and the current payment. Mm-hmm. We're not going to show them the interest rate. We're not going to show them how much interest they paid last month. We're not going to show them any of these, these boxes that tell them, well, if you just send us an extra $30 a month, you'll pay it off in half the time because we don't want them to know any of that. We want them to be a slave to our debt. So how do we do this? We do it in the name of the environment, yeah. right? We can't so, have paper. So they launched this brilliant campaign that says, Dear consumer, we here at Big Greedy Credit Card Inc., we care about the environment. And we have to kill so many trees every year to mail you this statement. And then some of them are like, we'll give you a $5 statement credit if you help us save the environment uh-huh. by opting out of paper statements and accepting electronic delivery so you don't see how beneficial it is to pay your debt off faster. And we all fall for it. And the mere fact that they will pay us $5 
to stop getting paper statements shows a little glimpse of how much money those paper statements with all of those disclosures and disclaimers and the boxes and the big bold numbers of how much interest they're sucking out of you every month were costing them. It was worth it for them to give you $5 today to be able to continue sucking the life out of you continuously in the future. And this is the big scam that is online banking for credit cards. There's a lot more financial empowerment coming up with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Network. But I've got an update for you. Remember a couple of days ago when Robert was talking right here on this show about TRID? Well, TRID is the new government way of doing mortgages. They designed a whole lot of new paperwork and a whole lot of new procedures, as the government is often wont to do, in an effort to kind of stave off some of the problems that caused the housing crunch of 2008. Now, we're talking about major changes. The first major changes in financing homes since 1976. That means an awful lot of companies were very, very set in their ways. You know, they had all their documents, they had all their forms, they had their computer programs. Well, many of them were saying that just making the transition could add another 40 to 50 days for a person to close a home loan. Well, that could be a deal breaker. I mean, that could really kill a deal. Robert was talking on the show about his confidence that his mortgage company, RP Funding, was totally ready for TRID, totally ready to make the transition with no problems at all. Well, I'll tell you what happened. There's a family in South Florida. They were having problems with their loan. They had heard the Saving Thousand show on Southern Florida radio, and they called RP Funding. And they said, well, we're kind of, we're kind of in a mess with the loan we're in now, and we'd really like to close soon. Robert Palmer and the RP Funding team all got together and closed that loan in not 50 or 60 days. They closed it in 10 days from the onset of the application through the closing in only 10 days. So there's good news when it comes to TRID. You just got to be ready for it. Hey, Robert, let's talk about money and kids. You know, I look at kids these days, and all they see in a financial transaction is somebody swiping a plastic card or clicking on a mouse. That doesn't show them very much about dollars and cents. We got to teach these kids. I tell you, Robin, that, that's why that's why rule number two is so important, right? Rule number two is that that you've got to share the knowledge I give you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, it, it is. It's important. And you can't learn this anywhere. I had a great meeting with the uh, president of Junior Achievement, uh, you know, recently. And, and yes. you know, we talked a lot about this. And, and they do a lot of these same types of things. They're an organization that's really dedicated to trying to bring some financial literacy education uh, to our school system, you know, because it's something that isn't taught. We learn biology. We learn math. We, we learn all this stuff. We do not learn anything about credit scores, interest, financial stuff that we should know. And, uh, you know, it's breeding this whole culture of financial zombies because we just don't know any better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows that we don't know? The big financial services big companies. They know they know what we know. And they know what we don't know because they spend all this money studying it and figuring it out. And then they're going to use that lack of knowledge against us. Knowledge is power, you know, and, and we don't have it. And, and this is so important because it affects every aspect of your life. You know, everything you do in one way or another, is somehow involved with finance, whether it's interest, whether it's your credit score, uh, you know, borrowing money. Every Almost every decision you make day to day somehow plays back into all this, and we're just not taught it. You know, bank accounts, bank account fees, earning interest, paying interest, credit cards, student loans, car loans, and, and I love it. I love coming on here. I love sharing the knowledge, and I, I love the fact that I can take I can take a career you know, that started out with me on the wrong side of, of the consumer. You know, I mean, I, I was one of these scumbags. I worked for the big I worked for the big mm-hmm. mega bank. I worked for the big, uh, the big billion dollar lender who, you know, who could care less about his clients. And I didn't know any better at the time. You know, I was this young hotshot kid, but I was one of these scumbags for a lot of years. And I feel like I owe it to the, I owe it to the general public uh, to do the right thing and to get out here and expose all the secrets and all the things that I saw happening from the other side of, of the table. You know, right. being being in the boardrooms when they had these conversations and you know and, and seeing what the attitude is and 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 how this this whole idea of we're going to take advantage of consumers. And I hit a point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. And uh, and so when I opened RP Funding, I was like, you know what? I'm either going to do it differently or I'm going to find a different career. <laughs> and, uh, and and lucky for me, you can do it differently and you uh-huh. can do right by your consumers. And you don't have to charge junk fees and you don't have to be a, a vampire and try to suck the life out of every client and squeeze every nickel out of them that they'll give you. And you don't have to treat people like they're stupid and you don't have to prey on people's naivety when it comes to this stuff. And, and so now my, my goal is to get out and fix it. You know, I want to teach people. I want to show people uh, how they can be credit ninjas and how they can be financial ninjas, how they can fight back 
how they can take advantage of the credit card companies, how they can make great decisions and shift the power back. Because as soon as you know what they're doing, it doesn't work anymore. You know, it doesn't work anymore. And and knowledge is power, and that's what we're here to do. You know, I'm just wondering how many people in the audience right now, if they really analyze themselves, have stayed as a renter or stayed living with their parents or whatever because they're intimidated by the process because no one wants to enter anything and not feel like they're in control. And, you know, I remember my first house. Robert, it seemed like everybody from the first woman I met at the bank all the way through the closing was just telling me what to do. Heck, I was buying the house. But I had to work for them. Yeah, it is. You know, Rob, that's really the attitude uh, going along is that uh, it's so crazy. But so many people, oh, the consumer's too stupid. I mean, that, that's really that's really the attitude in so many facets of finance. And it, it, it drives me crazy. Consumers are not stupid. We're smart and we're going to fight back. And, and that's what this is all about. And if I can if I can give people the little bit of knowledge it takes to be able to fight back. And if I can if I can give you a set of rules to play by to level the playing field. And if I can get you to snap out of your financial zombieism and stop wandering around aimlessly, not making decisions, then we can shift this power back to consumers. And we've already started doing it right here in Central Florida. And we're going to expand this into into 27 more stations now and 100 stations by the end of the year. And I'm going to have a whole army of financial ninjas across the country that are giving these credit card companies a hard time and that are giving (laughs) these other mortgage companies and giving these student loan companies and giving these car loan companies and giving these big mega banks a hard time. And we are going to make a change. We're going to make them think twice about trying to take advantage of consumers. You know, Robert, today might be a very good day for moms and dads to maybe ask the kids in passing, say, at your school, what are they teaching you about money? That'd be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Well, if you're new to the show, folks, Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer is now on over 80 radio stations across the Southeast. Also, you can get it at the iHeart app on your phone. You know, on iHeart, you just simply up there in the search engine, just put Robert Palmer and you'll be able to hear Robert Palmer and these Saving Thousand shows 24 hours a day. And some pretty good music mixed in there as well, all right? But now there's even another way that you can get your fill of Saving Thousands in addition to, one, listening to this great radio station, two, going to iHeart 24-7, number three, the SavingThousands.com website where our shows are archived by topic and by link. Because not only do we have the one-hour sessions, but we also have 5, 10, and 15-minute info modules dealing with things like, when is it a good time to buy a house? When is it a good time to refi? How much does it cost to get into a house? The advantages of buying versus renting. And those are just some of the shorter info modules we have, plus our over 400 hours of archived radio shows. But wait, as they say, there's more. Now, there's the all-new Saving Thousands app. You can simply go on your smartphone, go to the Play Store, whatever, and go ahead and download the Saving Thousands app. That way, you can hear shows on demand 24-7, just like on the website, but this is a much quicker way right on your phone. Sounds good. Well, Robert, I haven't asked you about market conditions in a while. How are things out there? Uh, What else we got going on, Rob? So, uh, in mortgage news, uh, I will tell you that the housing market is, is really doing well right now. Yes, and, it is. And we are seeing a lot of people buy homes, uh, a lot of people taking advantage of the uh, RP funding validated pre-approval. You know, this is one of the, the big offerings we have uh, is the strength of our pre-approval. And so a lot of lenders take this for granted. You know, Rob, they when you go out to buy a home, if you think about the amount of work that goes into this and the amount of commitments you make, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to look at houses and you're going to put down a deposit on a house and you're going to then, you know, give notice to your landlord or put your existing home up for sale. And all these all these things you're doing are predicated on the fact that you will get a mortgage and be able to close on the home. Well, a lot of mortgage companies don't take the pre-approval process very seriously. That's true. You know, and they, they allow their sales guys to issue pre-approvals with no oversight, you know. And people make mistakes. And sometimes sales guys get a little more, you know, caught up in how much commission they're going to make than on are they making the right decision for a loan. And at the end of the day, they don't have the authority to actually make you a loan. So the sales guy can want to approve you all he wants. But unfortunately, when the loan goes to underwriting, uh, where the decision is actually made, there's a lot of people who get denied. And and they get denied because the sales guy issued the pre-approval with no oversight. And so my solution to that here at RP Funding is what we call our validated pre-approval. And so with the validated pre-approval, we get your information up front and we have it reviewed by the underwriting department. And then you know for sure... Uh, that your pre-approval is good and you're not going to waste your time and end up, you know, running around in circles and getting bad news at the last minute. So many people get denied at the last minute by our competitors 
that I had to create a program, our closing acceleration program, where we can close loans in less than 10 days just to bail out all the people who are getting denied at the last minute because the other mortgage companies are still not doing any oversight of their pre-approval process, uh, which is crazy to me, but it goes on each and every day. And so what I will tell you is the, the pre-approval letter, and particularly if it's a validated pre-approval letter, that you put in with your offer can have a huge impact on whether or not you get the house you want, right? So when right now we are seeing multiple offer situations. Right. We are seeing a large number of houses where there is one house for sale and there are two, three, maybe four people all trying to buy that same house, okay? Now, one of the things is right now, because home prices have gone up pretty quickly, uh, appraisals can become an issue. So here's the deal. When you are financing, uh, you can't really buy the home for more than what it appraises for. If you do, you have to put down the difference in cash, which most people don't have the cash to exactly. do. So real estate agents know this and sellers know this. So if you go in and make an offer way above what the house is going to appraise for, they don't really take that offer seriously because they know the appraisal is not going to come in and you're going to end up trying to renegotiate and the deal is going to fall apart. So the two main things that they look at when they've got all these offers and say everybody offers full price and let's say they know the house just isn't going to appraise any higher than $200,000. So if you offer more than 200, they just kind of schlep that off because it's not going to appraise. Right. So if all the offers come in at 200,000, now what are they using to make their decision? It's based on how strong your pre-approval is right. and how much money do you need them to pay towards your closing costs. All right. These are two very important factors. These are two reasons that I have built out the way we do business at RP Funding the way I have to give my clients the best possible chance of having their offer accepted when they open a multiple offer situation. So number one is the strength of your pre-approval. Well, if you've got a validated pre-approval from the largest local lender in the area who has a great reputation for closing on time, mm -hmm. who offers a closing acceleration program to bail out other people when they screw up, and I would say every listing agent in Orlando knows that when the other guy drops the ball, they can call us here and we're going to put the deal back together. Wow. And so our pre-approval has some credibility. It's got some brand behind it. You know, when you walk in with a pre-approval from 123neverheardofusmortgage.com, <laughs> you know, and, and the guy you're bidding against has a pre-approval from RP Funding, yeah, you're probably not going to get that house. Sorry. The second thing is the amount of closing costs you're asking for. Well, I don't charge any lender fees. What does that mean? That means you need less closing costs. Because you're not having to pay origination fees, mortgage broker fees, underwriting fees, credit report fees, all these extra junk fees on the mortgage. So when you go to the seller and the guy with the, the no-name-mortgage.com pre-approval is also asking for $6,000 in closing costs because he's getting hosed by said no-name mortgage company, right? And you walk in there with an RP funding validated pre-approval, a company the seller recognizes and trusts, and you're asking for thousands of dollars less in closing costs, because I don't charge any junk fees, I don't charge any lender fees, whose offer do you think is going to get accepted, Rob? Right to the top, RP funding. You know, and again, it's simple. I, It's not just natural. I built our system to work that way. Every other mortgage company out there could do the same thing. They could say, you know what, in order to help our buyers have a better chance of getting their pre-approval accepted, we are going to validate it, put oversight on it, advertise our company so we have a good reputation and we're going to stop charging fees and then their pre-approval would be as strong as mine. But they won't. They don't. They haven't. I don't know why. So do yourselves a favor and if you're buying a home, make sure you go in with the strongest pre-approval industry, go in with the least amount of closing costs being asked to pay for by the seller because these are the two biggest determining factors in who gets that home, who gets that contract accepted. And the cool thing is, Rob, you can get an RP funding pre-approval completely free. It doesn't cost the dime. Uh, all you got to do is give us a call at 855-773-8634. Uh, That's 855-773-8634, 855-RP-Funding. We are here. We are happy to give you a pre-approval. We are happy to upgrade that pre-approval to a validated pre-approval, and that validated pre-approval will not have any lender fees associated <laughs> with it, which will help you have the best chance of getting your home. RPFunding.com, NMLS 70168. That's our license number or 855-773-8634. At the end of the day, it's all about empowering you, making sure that you don't fall for the tricks of the financial industry and really taking charge of your money. You know, I say it often, but there's too many of our friends that when they get to Wednesday, some of them even stretch to Thursday, they've run out of money for the week. You know, 
You hear him say that. You say, I'm out of money, but I'm sure not out of week. Well, that's kind of funny the first few times you hear it, but it actually speaks of a bigger problem in our society. And that is we don't have any source of financial empowerment. Well, that was in the past. You do now because you have saving thousands. You have Robert Palmer, who's had so much success in business that he's decided to give back. He knows that overall, a stronger economy will help all of us. And he's still in business, so he wants to make sure that not only his businesses today, but the ones of tomorrow and the ones of his kids and your kids, they go on and on and prosper. So it's all about financial empowerment. And so I hope that you'll continue to listen to the show. I hope you'll let your friends know about this show. And I hope that you'll be thankful for the radio station in your town that we've selected. We handpicked this radio station because we researched the audience. And that audience is you. And in every market around the country, the audiences are sort of divided up as to what they listen to on the radio. And we were after you. We were after the educated, wanting to get ahead listener that not only listens to music sometimes on the radio, but oftentimes will turn that dial to a station that gets them information they can use in their day-to-day life. And that's why we're here on this great radio station. So next time you call into the station, thank them for airing Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer. Hey, Robert, you know, people often tell me when I'm talking about the work I do with you, they often compliment the Home Value Hotline. And they ask me, why is it so much more accurate than Zillow and Trulia and all of those? And so what, how this works is a local real estate expert, somebody who I trust, will do a free home valuation for you, a full complete analysis of your home's value. They're going to pull up local comparable sales. Uh, they're going to they're going to generate all this. They're going to give you a great idea of what your home is worth, and they're going to talk to you about it, right? So you can have a conversation. You can't have a conversation with the Zillow Z estimate, and if it thinks the house is 1,500 square feet, it's really 1,800 square feet, you know, oh well. If it thinks it's this or that, you can't do anything about it. Talking to a live human being, you can get the information you really need. And, and so what I encourage people to do, Rob, is if you think you're going to sell your home any time in the next 18 months, Right. Go ahead and start getting prepared now. Okay. This is a huge financial transaction. Making a five or 10% mistake is a lot of money, right? Ooh, you know, you're selling a $200,000 house. If you make a couple mistakes that leave 5% of the, the money on the table, that's 10 grand. 10% is 20 grand. Is it worth a little bit of your time to do a little research and be prepared to not, not lose and leave $10,000, $20,000 on the table when you go to sell your house? And, and so, what I recommend people do is they, they call the Home Value Hotline now or text the Home Value Hotline now. Uh, the text is 35353. It's a five-digit text code. Uh, we, we have to say that normal messaging rates apply, Rob. So we, we don't charge anything. Right. But you're, like, if you only have 100 text messages as a part of your plan, normal text messaging rates apply. The carriers make us say that. Uh, again, we don't charge anything. But, again, if, if you don't have any texts in your plan, you're going to pay pennies or whatever they your carrier ca- charges you. It's a, it's a regular text message. Anyway, 35353. Uh, send, uh, send your address to 35353. And we'll get you that home valuation within 24, 48 hours from a local real estate expert. Uh, Rob's going to give you the phone number here. Go ahead and give him the phone number, Rob. That phone number for the home value hotline is real easy. 866-222-8231. Toll free, 866-222-8231. You know, Robert, a real estate person who's out there every day knows where that new school that they just announced for an Orlando area is going to open. They know where the hot districts are. They know what's going on with the beltways around Tampa, around all the cities that we cover. They know the local territory. The big Z computer has no idea that the 419 is cutting right through my neighborhood. Yeah, and the other key (laughs) is they're out there renegotiating contracts daily, right? So these online systems, they get their data from public records. So that's after the home has been under contract for 30 or 40. So when was the, the price is established when the contract is signed? Right. So you sign a contract now. And that doesn't close for like 45 days. And then it takes like 30 days for the mortgage to get recorded. And then CoreLogic has to come in and get that data and put it in its database and then transmit it out. And they have to do all these recalculations. So there can be like a 90-day lag from when a price of a home was established via a contract being signed before one of these online sites even has the chance of getting their home on the data. Uh, the people that we're going to put you in touch with at the Home Value Hotline, they probably wrote that contract down the street from you. So they know what's going on. They can see up-to-date data. They, they set home prices every single day. They negotiate home prices every single day. This is the type of person you want giving you the home value. The other thing is if you have, a, say, you have a friend or a family member who's a real estate agent, well, they may not be the expert in your neighborhood, in your area. Sure. Because real estate is very, very hyper-local. You know, an agent who, who knows a lot about 
uh, East Orlando may not know a lot about Apopka or may not know a lot about the Dr. Phillips area. And, and so the beauty of the Home Value Hotline is we put you in touch with the people who really know uh, the area down to the, the neighborhood that, mm-hmm. that, you're try, that you're looking in, that, you're, that you own a house in now that you're curious about. And so back to our conversation, if you, if you call now, so you're thinking about selling sometime in the next 18 months. If you call now, they can help you make decisions about ways you can maximize your value over the next 18 months. You know, hey, you know, putting in a new AC, you know, we're seeing a lot of buyers right now that are concerned about age of AC unit. So if over the next 18 months you can put in a new air conditioning unit, that's going to help you get top dollar for your home. You know, we're seeing we're seeing buyers who like this type of landscaping or that type of landscaping, or this is a feature they really like that your house doesn't have. If you can figure out a way to get that feature over the next 18 months, you'll be able to get maximum value for your home. If you wait until the last minute to start having these types of conversations, there's no time uh, to do these types of things to the house. So what I think is uh, make the call now. If you think there's any chance you're going to sell in the next 18 months, call or text the Home Value Hotline. Find out what the home is worth. Have the conversation. Start getting prepared. Be a financial ninja so that when it comes time to sell, you've been able to do everything you got to do to get maximum value for the house. Because little things you can do, little things you can do that you wouldn't even think of right now, uh, these home value hotline agents will be able to tell you uh, and, and let you prepare. And, and two, it's a great way. If you don't know what your house is worth now, how can you make the plans to sell? How can mm-hmm. you how can you start to figure out financially? You know, well, hey, if we sell the house for this, we're going to get all this cash. What are we going to do with it? Are there tax implications? Are there this or that? Is there a better time to sell in our neighborhood? Is there a worse time to sell in our neighborhood? You can have all these conversations, and these are the types of conversations that a financial ninja has now, not the week before they're ready to put their house on the market. So take advantage of this free resource that we built. Uh, The only cost is if you text whatever your carrier charges you to send a text. Uh, we don't charge anything. 35353. That's the five digit text line. 35353. Just send your name and address, uh, and we'll get that home value hotline agent to get in touch with you or give them that phone number one more. And when you call the phone number, it's a recorded message. So you can call it right now during the show, after the show, whatever. 24 hours a day, you can call it. It's a recorded message. You will hear my voice. I will tell you to leave some basic information. Uh, and it actually runs on one of those old tape deck answering machines, which I'm going to put a picture of the home value hotline I answering wish machine we would, yeah. on the website. Uh, anyway, so it's, it's the most low-tech solution out there. We're going up against these public companies with billions of dollars and millions of servers and all this, and we're giving you more accurate data using an old-school dual-tape answering machine. Give them the number, Rob. Here it is, 866-222-8231. That's 866-222-8231. Or try the new way. You could text us. Put up there in the address of your texting, put 353535. Three five three. Normal texting rates do apply, but heck, if you're like most of us, we get unlimited texting. So anyway, it's three five three five three. And oh, don't let me forget. Now there's a third way you can access the experts at Home Value Hotline simply by going online to savingthousands.com, savingthousands.com, and right in the upper corner of the home page, you'll see a tab, and it's marked Home Value Hotline. Kind of fits, doesn't it? So now you have three ways that you can get the most precise evaluation of your home, whether you're out to refi or whether you're thinking of selling it. Now let's get back to savingthousands.com for a minute. When you open up savingthousands.com, and I apologize for my allergy voice today, a little bit raspy out there. I know a lot of you are going through that too, so I feel your pain. But when you go to savingthousands.com, you're going to first see something, it's a pop-up. And it says, sign up now for the Saving Thousands newsletter. That's even more empowerment coming your way, absolutely free. Then right across the top of the homepage, you'll see tabs that quickly take you to where you want to go. The Saving Thousands rules to success. Radio shows, those would be our archived radio shows and info modules. Station listings, yeah, that's the list of stations where you find us with a map. So if you're traveling, you'll be able to follow us. You have the Ask Robert tab. That's where you can ask RP questions. And as I mentioned a moment ago, the Home Value Hotline. Well, Robert, I got to tell the audience, I've worked with you for over eight years, and I've seen you come up with every kind of program and innovation in the mortgage industry. And now I see you really, really focused on this childhood education that we talked about a little bit earlier. So this is kind of a big deal for you. I kind of got hit with a, a mission. And so I get on the radio and I talk a lot about how frustrated I am that we don't teach our kids anything about financial literacy, credit scores, interest, credit reporting, you know, credit cards, any of this stuff in school. 
And and so I've decided that instead of continuing com- to complain about it, I'm going to try to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've uh, I've got a couple lobbyists that we pay for mortgage related stuff over at my mortgage company and I've got a lot of resources. And so I'm going to build a campaign and I'm going to put those resources to use and I'm going to try to change this. I'm going to try to force our school systems first at the local level and then on on a, hopefully a national level uh, to doing something about this. So, you know, I'm going to put we're putting together a plan. I'm going to meet with uh some political strategists, and we're going to figure out the best way, whether it's by, you know, petition, by getting, you know, all of my listeners and people together to sign a petition. But we've got to do something, Rob. We've got to educate our kids. We've got to arm our kids with knowledge when it comes to financial services. You know, I, every week I get on here and I complain about this whole financial zombie situation. And, and, and if things do not change, we are heading for a financial zombie apocalypse, which is going to be the time where nobody cares anymore, nobody pays attention, and financial services companies just run wild taking advantage of us. And to change this, we've got to change it at the root of the problem, which is with our kids. You know, if kids are taught these rules, if kids are taught how to spot the tricks, if kids are taught how to protect themselves from getting into financial trouble, if they're taught how to make better financial decisions in school, earlier in life, because remember, parents don't like to talk about money. They don't. They don't, and we're trying to change that. And again, we can change that on the scale of the 100, 120,000 people who listen to the show. But, you know, I want to change it globally. I want to change it nationally. I want to change it with everybody. And so the way I feel like we have to do that is with the schools. And, and I understand schools have budget constraints. You know, I'm, I'm, even, I'm willing to put up the money to write the curriculum. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bankroll this whole thing. You know, we're, we're going to make this happen. This is something I feel like we have to do. We've got to get our kids trained and, and educated uh, and made more aware when it comes to all things financial. So I want to thank people for their support. A lot of people getting behind what we're trying to do here. You know, the idea of waking people up, teaching people how to be financial ninjas, uh, stopping this whole financial zombie apocalypse that I think is happening, uh, where we just get lazier and lazier and lazier. We're getting sucked in by auto pay and online bill pay and, and online statements that hide disclaimers from us. There's just so much going on. And, and that's what the rules are all about. That's what this show is all about. And now the the new movement I'm going to start to try to to move toward teaching our kids and having a more structured way to educate our kids when it comes to financial literacy. Uh, you know, because again, you know, if you, if you think back, there's there's been campaigns in the past, Rob, for you know for reading, and there's been campaigns for for different things. No one has ever really gotten on the the financial literacy bandwagon. Never. And I think I think the reason is because the the financial guys have too much power. You know, they make too much money. They've got they've got the real powerful lobbyists, and I think everybody is afraid to go up mm-hmm. against them. I'm not, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm good for a fight, you know, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go up against the big financial services companies and we're going to educate our kids on how to not be financial zombies and how to do a better job and spot the tricks and, and be, you know, better consumers and be smarter consumers. And we're going to take off a lot of people along the way, but that's okay mm-hmm. because this is, this is something I believe that we have to do. And if we don't do it, I think we're, we're heading for a much bigger problem somewhere down the road. I think we really are. I love the story that we tell on the air here, and that is the one that uh, how you started your trip of learning, your journey of learning the economy, and that was taking the money that your mom made, and she just spread it out all over the floor. I also heard a story the other day about somebody when their son got his first job. He was 17. He got his first job. He's at a fast food restaurant. He's working. He comes home and says, Dad, the gross adds up. I figured up my hours and my $8 an hour, and it all figured up. But who's this FICA guy? Who's taking my money? He is soon to become and listen to this program and become a financial ninja because he's not happy with where his money's going. Yeah, I'm telling you, Rob, that 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 lesson my mother gave me when I was probably seven or eight years old, where she laid out her paycheck and showed me where it all went. Yes, sir. And, and you know, and she wasn't she wasn't ever afraid to talk to this stuff about. I mean, a lot of her friends and, and family members told her she was crazy. You know, you can't you can't show your your eight year old how much money you make. You can't show your eight year old where money goes. And if you look at, it, at the confidence it gave me in life and, and yeah. it prepared me for an, an amazing career, I, I gave a speech at the Orlando Science Center last week for the Orlando Business Journal uh, Growth Expo. And one of the big things I talked about was, uh, you know, because of lessons like that, because of the things she taught me when I was young, uh, I really believe I can do anything. And I don't mm-hmm. have these self-limiting doubts that a lot of people fight with. Um, you know, one of the examples I gave uh, during the speech was uh, I learned how to play chess before I was, I mean, I was probably in kindergarten and, and she taught me how to play chess. And so a lot of people, when I tell them that story, they're like, oh my, oh wow, how how could someone that young learn chess? And I look back and I say, well, how old were you when you learned how to talk, right? And, and <laughs> so point. if I wanted to teach you Spanish right now, Rob, it would take much longer than me teaching you how to play chess. True. I, I, could, teach you, I could teach you chess in an hour. Right. If I was going to teach you how to speak another language, it would take 
weeks, months, maybe years. in your case, years. Yeah. Thanks. Buddy. So, uh, so again, so <laughs> if we can learn to speak that young, why do we think we can't do these other things? And and this is where it's our own fault. You know, if if we start teaching kids younger how to do things, if, if we take away this idea that oh well they've got to be older before they can learn that, why? You know, I mean, if you look at, you know, look at how many billionaires we have now that are in their early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, because of the tech boom. You know, back in the day, the thought was you can't you can't be a billionaire when you're that young. You know, when I started my first mortgage company at 18, people said you can't start a mortgage company at 18. You know, and, and so we, we pile on all these self-limiting beliefs and, and we keep ourselves from reaching our, our potential. And when it comes to finance, it's the absolute worst because nobody wants to talk about it. And so now all of a sudden, you know, a kid turns 18, 19, they're getting their first checks they're out there getting a credit card, you know, and they're getting the wrong one because they're getting the one from the the tent at their college or or at the sporting event with the the team logo on it and they're not looking at APR and they're not looking at annual fees and they're not looking at any of the the things that go along with that card because no one's taught them the questions to ask. And the financial services companies know this. They know they can sell a credit card to an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old based on the picture on the front of the plastic. Now just think about how ridiculous that sounds. The picture, uh-huh. the school mascot, the team mascot, whatever it is, the picture on the front of the credit card has absolutely nothing to do with the underlying merits of that credit card, right? It doesn't make it a good card. It doesn't make it a bad card. It has nothing to do with it. But because our young folks, because our kids are not educated on what to look at, what to look for when it comes to credit cards, the financial service industry's figured out they can sell them some really crappy cards by putting a picture of their school mascot on it or by putting a picture of their favorite sports team's mascot on it. And education is the only way to stop this. And again, we believe, oh, well, we, we can't talk to eight, nine-year-olds about money. Why not? You know, we, we can't talk. We can't tell our kids how much money we make. Why? I mean, what, is, your, is your head going to explode? Is their head going to explode? <laughs> I mean, are you worried they're going to tell the neighbors? I mean, what's more important? Your child understanding and being prepared for one of the most important facets of everyone's life. There is no one out there listening who does not in some way deal with money, yeah. right? There may be some people who, oh, we're not going to have credit cards. I, I disagree with that philosophy, but I understand it. People have it. But there's nobody out there that doesn't have checking accounts, that hasn't had some type of debt in their life, whether they borrowed it officially and it's on their credit report, or they borrowed it at a buy here, pay here car place, or they borrowed it at a pawn shop, or they borrowed it somewhere. Everyone at some point in their life has been affected by interest, but it is something we don't want to talk about, we don't want to educate our kids about, and that is what has to change. Mm-hmm. And so if parents aren't going to do it, then we've got to do it in the schools. We've got to do it somewhere. I've got to do it. We've got to figure out a way to do it. And that's what this whole movement, this whole campaign is going to be about, is figuring out the best way, pooling the resources I have. How do we best educate our kids to prepare them for the financial decisions that come in life so they can't be taken advantage of, so they don't get credit cards based on the picture on the front of the plastic, so they don't sign up for and take out mortgages they can't afford and lead to another crisis, another bubble. So they don't make bad financial decisions and take out student loans with mounting amounts of debt from colleges that the degree isn't worth anything. You know, all of these things have to happen. And, and the rules here on saving thousands are all geared toward forcing you to make these better decisions. But we've got to get them in the hands of our young people earlier in life. And that's what this whole campaign is about, Rob. Well, I hope that you appreciate Robert's enthusiasm about this. And Uh, Have no fear. He will follow through. He'll be out there getting this started. But I hope that you will join the cause. I hope that maybe you'll visit the school. Maybe you'll talk to the principal about what goes on with financial education in the school. Maybe you'll attend a school board meeting. Yeah. Have you ever been to a school board meeting? Well, they can be pretty exciting. But maybe just go in there and start the conversation. You probably won't get anything done on the first day, but at least you'll get people thinking about it. You'll get people kind of stirring around about Yeah, maybe we could have finance in our schools. Maybe we need to know more about that. They wouldn't have to cut any other programs. Just simply add it to some program that they're in now and maybe make it an after-school club. I don't know, but something needs to be done. And let's go out to our local school districts and let's talk about it. Well, a moment ago, I was talking about the SavingThousands.com website. And when you go to SavingThousands.com, I mentioned that you'll be able to go to radio shows and look up past radio shows by category. Right now, I kind of looked up to see in our records what is trending the most with you. What are some of the shows that you're playing back on your computer on demand? Well, right now, the biggest one is Robert Palmer is helping empower you with knowledge of better credit cards and how you can improve your credit score simply by changing the day that you pay your credit card. Isn't that amazing? Did you ever think of such a thing? But it all has to do with the statement date. I'm not going to give away the prize here. I want you to listen to that show. 
But I guarantee you, every second you listen to that show will be money earned in your pocket. All right, the second most trending show is learn how you can quit being a financial zombie and take over and become a financial ninja. Simple as that. All right, now, we, we've been talking a lot today on the show about educating our kids from the school, but what about at home? You know, when I was growing up, I got to see my dad write out the checks, and sometimes he'd explain to me, you know, how much money the family had left at the end of the month, which wasn't much. But we need to be a better example to our kids and explain what we're doing when we're swiping that credit card or we're making that click on the computer. We need to get our kids involved when we're paying the bills. It used to be the checkbook. Now we can show the kids how you're paying online if that's what you do. Or however you pay your bills, get them involved in it and tell them that this is information that's kept in the house, but they really need to be educated. We at home, if we make mistakes, our kids will make the same mistakes. Right, Robert? Yeah, so we're going to talk about that today, uh, you know, kind of looking at, you know, how we can, uh, how our bad habits, you know, how what we do every day in our lives affects our kids. I'm guessing there aren't a lot of uh, listeners to the show in the, I don't know, let's say the under 18 bracket. There may be a couple out there, but, you know, most of what's listening to us here on talk radio is parents. Uh, and so it really is, it's our responsibility, uh, you know, as adults to to lead the next generation, to lead the future generation. And that's that's one of the big things that we're, we're focusing on here on the show. It's one of the big things we want to tackle here on the show. Uh, and so this, this I think is a great article on there. It talks a lot about kind of the, the way that kids pick up on our bad financial habits. Uh, you know, one of the, the big things on here is to educate your friends and family. That's a big kind of pillar of the show uh, and something that I really need people to focus on. And so I want to just take a minute and kind of go over this great article. Uh, this is something that Caleb uh, from the Saving Thousands team put together. And, uh, you know, just uh, as we go through this, you know, our, our kids obviously have a lot of financial struggles, struggles ahead of them. Right, Rob? You know, they're, they're going to deal with uh, student loan debt that is just a mounting problem. We've talked about this over and over again. Uh, it really is the next subprime mortgage meltdown is coming via the student loan industry. Uh, so we see that happening. Uh, then you, you've got buying a home, which which is tougher than it was. You know, it, it's it's easier today than it was five or six years ago, but it's tougher than it was back in the boom. But what's really going to make it tough for that generation is the student loan debt. Uh, you know, previously, mortgage guidelines allowed uh, mortgage companies to not count deferred student loans mm -hmm. in people's mortgage payments. So when we're calculating, when the mortgage company sits down and says, okay, how much house can Rob Newton afford? Uh, if you had student loans that were deferred, that did not have a payment due in the next 12 months, uh, the mortgage company could ignore those payments. The mortgage company did not have to count those against you, which would help you qualify. Yeah. Well, that is now changing. Uh, and I think this just shows kind of how big of an issue student loans are becoming, uh, that, that FHA, Federal Housing Administration, who would previously allow those student loan payments, if they were deferred for at least 12 months, to not be counted in the ratios when qualifying for home, they now have to be counted. Right? That actually takes effect in the next 30 or 60 days here. Uh, so they see this as a mounting problem. Uh, and so this is going to make it even tougher. And, and when you look at the age of when most children are approached about student loans, uh, they really have no clue about money yet. Right? I mean, they have no clue about credit scores or debt or how any of this stuff works uh, because we're not teaching them. You know, you think about it, you graduate as a senior in high school uh, and you decide you want to go off to college. Uh, and all of a sudden, these people start handing you what in your mind is free money in the form of student loans. <laughs> uh, and, you know, a lot of people use this money to live off of. You know, they, they, they use it for dorm payments or food or books, everything, including tuition, uh, not realizing that, that all that money has to be paid back. And I, I've met with so many people who find themselves in this situation. They say, man, if I'd really understood. You know, I, I, I use that. I use some of that student loan money to eat out. You know, I use some of that student loan money to, to have an, an apartment off campus. And I could have lived in the dorms for free on my scholarship. Uh, you know, these types of decisions were made because they didn't understand the long term implications. They didn't understand what it really cost to pay that money back. Uh, and this is where we do our kids a huge disservice by not talking to them about money. And, uh, you know, this article, again, if you go to savingthousands.com, uh, you can click on the link there. And, you know, other things they're going to face, you know, starting a family, buying vehicles, right? Everything we do. As soon as we get out of the house, uh, seems to revolve around credit, <laughs> right? But it's something we don't talk about at all leading up to that moment. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of this old thing where, you know, Rob, it's taboo. A lot of parents don't want to talk to their children about personal finance. They don't want to talk to their children about how much money they make or about where money goes or how money is spent. And it's just this kind of idea of, well, we're going to give them an allowance and let them kind of go do their thing. Mm. And, and until we open up and until we break the taboo, you know, one of the greatest things that my mother did for me. You know, we, I didn't come from a wealthy family. She was a single parent, working mom, you know, worked hard to raise me. But she really opened up our financial situation to me at a young age. Uh, and I remember she brought home her paycheck and she laid it out on the floor and really showed me where it went. You know, you start with this big stack of money and you're like, wow, that's the most money I've ever seen in my life. This is, <laughs> wow, mom's rich. 
Uh, and then as you start to see that, well, this much goes to the mortgage payment and this much goes to the car payment and this much goes to the government for taxes and, you know, this much goes to, you know, gas and food and, and lawn care and, you know, groceries and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden there, there's no money left. And, and it really, you know, opened my eyes at a young age. Um, you know, I remember times when, uh, you know, we, we were struggling to pay the electric bill. And I remember, you know, literally sitting on the floorboard of her car and counting change uh, so that we could stick it in the Lakeland Electric uh, you know, they had like one of those bank teller things where yeah. you like paid through a tube. And I remember <laughs> counting change in the floorboard with her to, to like make up the amount we needed to, to send this all flying through the, I don't think you're supposed to put change in there, but we did because it was like after hours and we had to pay it or the electric was going to get cut off. Like I was probably nine or 10 and I'll never forget this, but it totally shaped my views of money. Mm-hmm. And, and where I think a lot of parents would say, oh, well, you know, that's not fair. She should have protected her kid from that. Her kid never should have known that was happening. Her kid never should have known, you know, that there were financial struggles. You know, we need to protect them from that. Well, what I think we're really doing is we're, we're setting them up for failure. We're giving them a false sense of, of, of how the real world works. Uh-huh. And so where she did something I think a lot of parents would disagree with, that, that's probably one of the earliest memories I have related to finance, but it really shaped who I am. And it pushed me, you know, to be who I am and to learn so much about personal finance and money and interest and credit uh, and everything else. Um, you know, as a single parent trying to raise me, she, you know, there was a lot of credit card debt, you know, uh, credit cards, you know, filled some of the gaps when there were times, uh, you know, when, when we couldn't keep up. And so I, I saw how that worked. I saw that mounting, you know, interest debt. And, and, and as I got a little bit older, maybe in my early teens, you know, she opened up to me about interest rates and, and balances on credit cards and all these things. And I got a really clear picture, you know, we did that exercise to see how much of that money was going toward the credit card payments. And it wasn't reducing the balances. You know, this was back, you know, 20, 25 years ago when, when the minimum payment was barely enough to cover the interest, you know. And, and so all that stack of her paycheck that went toward credit cards didn't do anything to reduce the balances. And it was just this ever-revolving cycle of debt. So all in all, let's get involved in our kids' education at the school level and at home. And then kind of review some of the other things we talked about today. That home value hotline is absolutely yours for free at 866 222 8231, no obligation. There's not going to be somebody putting you on any kind of an industry list that will be distributed online. So you start getting emails from every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the real estate industry. It just doesn't happen. We don't do that at the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. So 866 222 8231, the home value hotline. We have another telephone number I'd like to give you, and that is the RP funding home number. I mean, when you call RP funding, You'll be able to talk to licensed loan originators that will be able to walk you through the entire process and just simply have the discussion. This doesn't obligate you to anything. Nobody's going to try to hard sell you. Nobody's going to say, well, before we get started, what's your credit card number? They don't want to know that. They just want to answer your questions. And as you're shopping around for a loan or a refi, maybe you'll decide that this is one of the companies you want to work with. If it is, so much the better. But if it's not, you'll always know that you can turn to the Robert Palmer family of companies, just like you tuned into this radio show for free financial empowerment. Doesn't get any better than that. So you've got the home value hotline. You've got the ideas in your head about teaching your kids more about money, getting them more involved. Maybe it's with a savings account or a little, uh, maybe a little investment account. That would be fun because they could just check online every day of how their little stock or bond is doing. Might be kind of fun for the whole family. (laughs) could turn into a real moneymaker. So anyway, those are the things we talked about today. If you have ideas for the show, go ahead and ask RP at savingthousands.com. That's savingthousands.com. And we're saving thousands every day with Robert Palmer.